It's time for episode 349 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 3rd, 2020. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where our four letter word is time. And also tech, I guess. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend, pal, dungeon buddy, and co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? Oh, you know, I've got a couple of four-letter words, but I'll hang on to those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we've all got a few of those. Um, but we also have two fantastic guests with us this week. To my left... It is our favorite podcaster and technology journalist in the entire country of Slovenia. And I've met all the other ones, so I can say that unequivocally. <laughs> it's Andrzej Tomic. Hi, Andrzej. Welcome back. Uh, hi. And to my left is podcaster over at All About Android on the Twit Network, as well as Material Podcast here on Relay FM. It is the effervescent, the empathetic... Lawrence Ion. Hello, Flo. Hi, Micah and Dan. Thank you for that. Yeah. That was a very nice intro. Aww, I'm glad. I'm glad. I feel special. <laughs> uh, well, we also like talking about technology, so I'm going to kick things off this week by asking about voice assistants. And I want to know specifically, do you use voice assistants on your phone? Um, do you use them frequently on your phone? And if so, for what? And if not, what's a feature that would maybe encourage you use, to use them more? Andre? I, I, I basically do not use uh, the, the Google Voice Assistant on my phone, like, ever. I, you do, I do use it accidentally. I'll, 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 yeah, I'll say that, because I do have a Google Home at home. That's stupid. Okay, so, yeah, I use that all the time to kind of turn off lights in my TV. And then when I'll say, uh, I won't say the phrase now, but when I'll say it, my phone will also pick that up. So then I'm basically just telling my phone to turn off my lights, but that doesn't really work with the Hue stuff at least on my phone. So that's kind of weird. But yeah, I, I basically don't, I never use it. Like the thing, oh, it's going to be my shtick answer again, and I'm really sorry. But if it, if it could understand Slovenian, then maybe I'd use it a bit more, even like the transcription stuff, but like we don't exist in that area. Like the transcription kind of works in Google, but not really. It's not as advanced or as good as it is in uh, English. And then um, uh, I don't really do much English writing, honestly. So I kind of don't have uh, much of a use case for the assistant. Uh, even like the weather, I don't know. I just look at my phone somehow. I, I'm really, I, I don't know what the use case would be what I'd actually use it at all or more i guess and not just accidentally for me i use amazon's virtual assistant aliexa because uh, for, for a lot of things i've got several different echo devices in my home and i will ask for weather i will ask for timers i will ask for uh, quick facts i remember the other day i was trying to remember what um what acid is that the drug acid is made up of to see if it actually was an acid. Oh. Um, yes, before I dropped it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's not legally binding. And so I was curious about that. Um, and then 
I also use um, Siri to sometimes I'll use it to control my television uh, because I use a HomePod uh, next to my television. Um, on my phone, again with timers uh, as well as transcription, and I'd say probably more than anything else, I use my voice assistant for transcription. So, Dan, I apologize for going stepping outside of the bounds of your original question, which no, was fine. if it's on uh, how I use voice assistants on my phone. But uh, yeah, that's how I use voice assistants in general. Hello, what about you? You guys are baiting me. <laughs> you know that I, you know, I'm like super into the Google ecosystem. I've got my Android phones. I'm constantly talking to. I mean. I'm always, always squeezing my phone because that's like the thing you could do on the Pixel to talk, to have, you know, bring up the assistant. Um, Yeah, I fight with the assistant. You know, I ask it to turn off lights, turn on things, play things. Um, I ask it the weather like every single morning when I'm changing the baby because I got to figure out like, is she getting a t-shirt today or is she getting a long sleeve shirt, you know? (laughs) Like, so I'm, I heavily rely on the assistant uh, but with the Android 11 beta, there's just like a huge emphasis on having more of the assistant and more parts of the phone interface. And I just think it's different hearing your perspectives and how you use assistance uh, on your varying on the ecosystems you guys are in versus like how it's really being pushed on us in the Android sphere. Um, I, I don't know if it's something that I that I consciously consented to or if it's something I fell into because it's a part of the operating system I think that is something that I'm going to meditate on <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cheat a little bit in the way that I use on my phone because the way I most often interact with it when I only have my phone on me is via my AirPods because that you you can use the you can trigger Siri just by speaking to your AirPods and I often like I'm on a walk and I get a text message or something, I want to reply to it, and I definitely use Siri uh, via the AirPods. I also sometimes use it on my watch. I feel like both that and the AirPods are more convenient than pulling out my phone. If my phone is already out, it's probably because I'm at home, at which point I'm probably using the Echo to do something like that. Um, I think that, for me, what would make the Siri on the phone and probably other devices much more compelling is just... A ability to do more complex things because it starts to very quickly get from like, oh, yeah, set a timer or tell me the weather. But if I want to do anything that's going to require more interaction or more steps than that, it's like, well, it's just faster for me to go do it. I think that would really encourage me to use them more so they could like take stress off of me instead of just adding stress. I like that Flo said you argue with them because, yep, <laughs> yep, I do a lot of that. I do a lot of yelling at, at the Echo. And I feel a little bad about it, but <laughs> such is life. Uh, all right. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Angers. Uh So yeah, Facebook is launching a feature called Manage Activity, which is supposedly to help users kind of delete old posts and photos and stuff. So I'm just uh, <laughs> asking if you like if you do that as well, if you delete stuff like old stuff or on any social media or Facebook, Twitter, because I use the tweet delete service to kind of periodically delete my old tweets. Are you at all into that or did you, like anything you say is on the internet? basically forever oh boy this is an interesting one so i have gone back um by by hand i guess uh, as opposed to an automated <laughs> system and removed some uh tweets or facebook posts from ages and ages ago um that 
I just wasn't happy with anymore or didn't want to be on the internet as, uh, you know, something that I chose to share uh, with the wider world once I was in a position where the wider world was paying more attention, I guess. Um, and, but, but as far as a means to automatically do this, no, I haven't really gone through and done that. Um, I had the blessing of, of, of joining Facebook, um, late. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was maybe a little bit more, um, careful about what I chose to share online. But then on top of that, I at one point had completely, completely, not just deactivated, but completely had deleted my Facebook. And unfortunately, I had to create a new account within the last year or so because of a situation where they had taken my photo um, and had used my face for some story that was one of those viral posts and it had nothing to do with me, but made me look like a creepy person. Um, So the only way to report the fact that they were using my photo without my permission and tying me to this uh, post was by creating an account so that I could report the uh, news, I say, in the biggest scare quotes you've ever seen organization that had posted this. Um, So I have one again, but now that I you know, I'm in the position that I am and have the the sort of media savviness that I do today. There's nothing that I post on there that I wouldn't want to remain on there. So I have not had to really use these tools, but I, as far as having them, I think it's fantastic because a lot of people post things and aren't necessarily thinking about it when they do. And we all learn and grow and in theory, and hopefully get better as we do. And um, yeah, I think that people should have the opportunity to uh, make corrections to mistakes that they may have made. Uh, Flo, what about you? I think one of the hardest parts of my of my generation is the fact that we... I have come up through adolescence on the internet. I mean, I started at a very young age... 10, 11 years old being on the internet in in the 90s. Um, and when Twitter started, I joined joined there too. And I was in my I was in my early 20s, fresh out of high school, and I was kind of an idiot. <laughs> and I posted a lot of a lot of stupid things. Um, I have not fully gone in and, and deleted those things uh, on Facebook, where I was also one of the first you know, I, I was part of the original college email address uh, logins. You know, I deleted the original profile that I had there from college. I don't know what's happened to any of those pictures I was tagged in. Um, then I had a, another Facebook page. I also deleted that just because for me, Facebook was a very toxic environment. But I do think about that a lot. While um, while Micah uh, was sort of chatting, I quickly looked up um whether Twitter is still archiving our tweets at the Library of Congress, it turns out that they are now only selectively doing so. But I was just thinking about that, like having those random bursts of thought just kind of becoming public record. It is something that we still have to, it's something that we still have to reconcile with. And I think now that I'm older, I'm a lot more careful with what I'm posting. I test things out on people before they kind of go to the internet, which I didn't do 
before when I was younger. So I think overall, I, I do have an intention to go out and kind of start curating my social media a little bit more and and kind of buttoning up a little bit because it is uh it's not as cute as it used to be to have like all your feelings spill out on live journal <laughs> like Zanga. like that used to be a cute thing that you could just like right. hey you guys want to see how i used to think but like i'm a journalist <laughs> that works and lives online and um, you know, these are things that I really need to do. Plus, when my, my daughter grows up, I don't want her to go back and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow, mom, you were That's so important. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think I realized that comparatively, at least to, probably to Micah and Flo, I was older when I got on social media because it wasn't really a thing until my late 20s. Um, and like, you know, as long as nobody's digging up my MySpace or Friendster pages, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, which are probably out there somewhere, God knows, but I don't even, I'm not even sure. But I, I think part of it is that I find that I tend to be someone who thinks a lot about what I post in the first place. And part of that is, I, I think you're exactly right, Flo. Like, I, I, I think at one point, like, you know, I was like, oh, I posted like an angsty song lyric and like, I got a bunch of people like, oh, what's going on? What's wrong? I realized, you know what? I don't want this in my life. I'm just going to be really careful about what I post. So I do a lot of things where I like write tweets and then never post them. Like I, I start typing it out and I'm like, nah, that's just going to cause more trouble than it's worth. I'm just going to delete that, not even worry about it. And that's not to say that I don't post things that I regret. I, I've definitely posted stuff and have had people like comment on it and then realize like, you know, I didn't, I didn't consider how that would play or read and and maybe I just use some, like the wrong word choice or something like that. I'm just going to delete it or I'm going to delete it and then repost it with like better phrasing. So yeah, I don't really use those tools. I will say my Facebook ex like exposure is very low. I post almost nothing on Facebook. But yeah, other than that, I tend to just be careful about what I post in the first place. Anjay, you want to wrap us up there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm kind of the same way. I kind of figured it out that you know, yeah, I, I'm no longer that stupid as I was when I was younger. So that's <laughs> why I do kind of, kind of think about it more before I post. But the, the the reason I did go through with the whole deletion stuff was kind of because um, I I'm also have that sort of love hate relationship with Facebook because a lot of people over here are on Facebook and I have like a group for my podcast which is kind of very active and it's kind of nice to have a place with the listeners to kind of talk about stuff but that's basically all i do there now like i don't post like any sort of personal stuff like i used to and and uh with the with the twitter i think there, there's a difference there because with twitter a lot of the context can kind of go away after a time you know because mm -hmm. like it's tweets and you know an account in a reply chain kind of goes away and stuff gets lost and then you can end up with a tweet that's kind of uh like looks even more horrible than it was in you know in its original kind of version and and i didn't want to do the whole by hand and kind of cherry pick what what i was going to delete uh, so i basically downloaded the archive and then just nuked everything and that's kind of how i dealt with it so yeah apparently we're all smarter now which is nice for people that's and we're all you know <laughs> well very adult and smart upward and trend it. yeah that's, yes that's yes. nice it's nice to yes. see that all right that's two topics down two topics left to go which of course means it's halftime here at clockwise and this week's episode is brought to you by our good friends at linode whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure linode has the pricing support and scale you need to take your project to the next level they have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3 compatible storage option, and next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. 
Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you will get access to a revamped cloud manager built on an open source single page app, nano plans starting as low as $5, GPU compute plan suitable for AI machine learning and video processing, block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirements, and so much more. Go to linode.com slash clockwise and use promo code clockwise2020 when creating a new Linode account, and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode is hiring right now, so if that's something that interests you, go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's linode.com slash clockwise and the promo code clockwise2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. And Micah, take it away, please. I have been having the utmost trouble getting any sleep. I keep waking, uh, I don't know, for the past probably three weeks waking every 45 minutes or so in panic and it's just been it's been an anxiety thing um but despite the fact that i'm having trouble sleeping i still have to get up in the morning and it had me wondering how folks wake themselves up in the morning uh, do you use your phone alarm do you have a a motor that you stick underneath your mattress that vibrates the entire bed to wake you up those are very real uh, tell me how you wake yourself up in the morning so before mona <laughs> i would use the lenovo smart clock it's a cute little gadget and i like it because you can basically set a google assistant routine on your phone and then when you dismiss the alarm in the morning it will automatically fire off that assistant action and you know turn on the lights you told turn on tell you the weather tell you your schedule etc um and so that was kind of how i would wake up in the morning back you know before i was a parent uh now (laughs) i have just thrown all like alarm out the window i don't need one because at 7 a.m every single day i hear a little baby Stomping her feet now, which is what she does instead of crying, which is a little bit here. Uh, stomping her feet because she's she just has energy and needs to get going. So that's that's my non tech now way. It's of form of technology. <laughs> uh, yeah, my tech actually my technology is very similar. It's called my wife because my wife has an actual <laughs> job she needs to get up for. Uh, and back when she was going into the office more regularly, her schedule had her getting up uh, around somewhere between six and six thirty. Um, and I don't, I'm a layabout, so I don't have to get up that early usually, but I also have a lot of trouble generally going back to sleep. So these days she gets up a little later and she only goes in the office a few days a week. But, um, yeah, so that tends to be it before, before we lived together, I didn't really set an alarm. I got to the point where my body would just wake me up around roughly the time I needed to get up most days. Wow. Um, and I used to a little bit use like, um, uh, I just have an old, uh, clock radio. That's my clock radio is a, it's from a company that I think no longer exists, but it had an, uh, 30 pin iPod dock in it because I tested it years ago, <laughs> but it's great. It has great sound. It's got a good radio. It does have an aux port and all this stuff. And so I used to just set it to the radio station and wake up to that to like the news. Anjay. So I put, I put it in the, 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 the Google sheet. Uh, a link because that's the, the only place I could find my actual radio clock that I've had next to my bed since I don't know 1990, and I'm not joking. <laughs> is the Nokia CR9010, 
which uh, I found on the website radiomuseum.org. <laughs> <laughs> so, and because uh, 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 they have the sort of the year of uh, manufacturing on it, and it just says 1985 and then two question marks. Oh my God, so, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mine's black, this one's white, and you can see kind of the yellowing wow. on the buttons. Mine's completely black, so it has none of the yellowing. That's the that's the radio clock I've had next to my bed since I was, like, very, very little. But uh, like Flo said uh, two years ago, I got a new gadget. Uh, she's called Isa. She's my daughter, and that's basically... That's <laughs> how I wake up. Uh, like Flo said, when she used to cry, that was kind of worse than the klaxon. And now she basically just kind of wanders in and just starts yelling her name. So, you know, mom and dad, I, yeah, I just envy you guys kind of, oh, I just wake up when my body tells me to. That's, yeah, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to experience that probably ever. So, yeah. Wow. Um, exactly <laughs> what I was hoping for. And I appreciate all your answers there. Um, I tend to use the alarm on my phone, although more often... I am using the alarm on my partner's phone because he gets up before I do typically. So this morning I was up at five and mm. then went back to sleep for a little while. And then my alarm was my, my wake up. So it was both this morning. Um, thank you all for your answers on that. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from Flo. I just want to get everybody's thoughts on this because this is something that we, Andy and Otko and I uh, bring up on a material podcast here on the Real AFM Network. What role does Silicon Valley, do tech companies really play in um, in just kind of the way it responds to what's happening in the public? And so this week we were supposed to have, today in particular, I wouldn't have been on this podcast um previously because I would have been covering the Android 11 beta uh, online event, which was supposed to happen this morning, but um, Google postponed it. And it hasn't been officially confirmed, but there is an understanding that the reason that it was delayed or put off is because of um, the what is happening in America right now, which is... Um, mass protesting of uh, police brutality. But it made me think, does this set a precedent for the way that tech should be acting <laughs> based on what is happening uh, within humanity? Because oftentimes we see that there's kind of a, a dissonance between tech and, and, you know, what the people are up to kind of thing. But I'm also curious, like, what does it mean to to us all as users to see tech companies kind of um, respond to what's going on in this manner? Calling it a response, first of all, is, I think, overselling it a little bit. And that's the case yeah, for a yeah, lot yeah. of these companies, right? Like, on the one hand, it's good that they do speak up about it. On the other hand, it's also necessarily self-serving because if mm -hmm. they have their event in the middle of this, it's not going to go well for them. So they are smart enough to realize that and, uh, you know, uh, canny enough to decide to postpone. I think that's probably the right move, but I don't want to give them too much credit for that because, again, like I said, I think there's a hefty dose of self-serving uh, in that. Um, just in general, does it set a precedent? Um, I guess, but you know, that's 
that's probably what it should be. I, I, you know, I had to do a show yesterday and, you know, I first started out talking with my co-host. I'm like, can I think of anything less important than a tech podcast right now? Like it just did not, <laughs> who cares at that point? And, and, you know, we, we ended up thinking about it and we found a way to address it within the confines of the show. Uh, but even with that, I, I felt very much like it's just not that important. So I think we're already dealing with an unprecedented situation with the pandemic this year. And certainly this only com- you know uh, makes matters more complex. But I do think it was on the whole the right decision. That's not to say that companies can't always do more. Anjay? Well, uh, yeah, as far as the precedents go, like, uh, th- th- what's going on in America now, just sort of as an outside observer, is very weird. Like, that's, it's not, this is, it's, this is up to 11 from what I've seen, you know, uh, stuff that goes on in America with the pandemic and then this whole thing. Like, this is, I, I, I think, even if it's self-serving for the tech companies, like, I don't think there's really a choice there. Like, I, I do understand that, like, any event would re- really not serve them well and whatever. But, like, I, it just feels like they don't, like, th- th- it's not even a choice at this point. Uh, and uh, just to kind of contrast it with, you know, our little corner of the world in Slovenia, we also have protests going on right now. <laughs> Let's just say it's weird. I'm just going to keep using that word, not mm-hmm. go overly political. But like, it kind of like, like Dan said, all of this kind of does not seem that important. You know, even as a sort of a journalist and a tech journalist as well, it's kind of hard to to see where that line is, where you're just, you know, I'm just going to talk about the new iPhone now. And then like, like I said, like half the world's burning. We're part of the journalism arm that kind of, does have a role in all of this but it's not you know new products and betas basically so weird is good and um not important i think are good good descriptors for uh, a lot of what i've seen um i've struggled as a black man and as a um as a podcaster tech journalist presenter sort of person all this week um with whether i should be doing shows and things like that um whether i should be talking about you know uh, what what products are here and and that kind of thing and and ultimately each time i've tried to use the platform that i have to continue to speak up and speak out um and that feels like the best role that I can play. So in that sense, I feel that it is a good thing that companies are doing that as well. Yes, we can look at the fact that uh, it ends up being good for their bottom line and the, and, and the sort of cynical uh, side of things that, that it's, you know, it's performative, it's this, it's that. But at the same time, I will tell you that it felt really I can't curse on the show. It felt really doggone good to see to 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 go from hearing uh the leader of our country um threatening to uh you know go all out in terms of military force and then to go from that and see uh Nickelodeon talking to young kids mm. to see Apple um basically making you if you used Apple Music making you pay attention to see uh Google say you know what this isn't the time and i swear the 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 
biggest, most beautiful moment for me in all of this was to see that the Call of Duty folks were waiting to release Call of Duty. <laughs> because if there is one group who needs to be paying attention to this, it is the group that has Call of Duty that's been waiting for the new Call of Duties to release. I was, mm, that was chef's kiss for me. And so, yes, there is cynicism to be had with all of this because, yes, ultimately it, it it's a good look for these companies to be doing so. But while it is a good look, it also does uh, force more people to pay attention. And in that way, I think that it's a positive thing. Flo, what are your last thoughts on all of this? I appreciate you all going around. I know this is a, a tough topic to to kind of talk about um, just on the fly like this. I do want to say that as a tech journalist, um, I appreciate that I have this time to focus on what's happening in the world than instead of having to focus on working and just like trying to get through that work. So that's that's my personal take on it. I'm going to use that opportunity to to do what I can on my on my side to be a better person. So good way to frame it. All right, four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. And first, I want to tell you this week's episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Modern Workplace, a podcast from Microsoft. If you are looking for a new show to listen to, maybe we're getting a little bored with the same old binge-watching shows or playing games. Uh, So if you're looking for a new show to listen to, Modern Workplace is a monthly podcast. It discusses digital transformation and the future of productivity. Each episode brings you access to business and technology leaders who are creating the future. Uh, They have focused topics, a deeper conversation with a Microsoft corporate vice president, related news and updates. They did uh, something about teamwork. They've talked about what they've learned about remote work in the pandemic. Uh, The most recent episode is a fireside chat with a Chattanooga Film Festival, which sounds kind of interesting. They've done security, a whole bunch of different topics, uh, lots of good stuff. So go listen to it now. Just search for Modern Workplace wherever you get your podcast. That's Modern Workplace, or just click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to Modern Workplace and Microsoft for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, bonus topic. What is your favorite kitchen gadget or appliance, Anjay? The, the Google Home, the timer stuff. I'm going to count it as a kitchen appliance. There gotta be my stand mixer gotta love it i'm a taurus who loves to eat but hates to cook so i would say the microwave thank you god (laughs) and for me it's the automatic tea maker aka colloquially the tea robot all right that is the end of this week's show all that remains is for us to thank our fabulous guests Andrzej tomich thank you so much for being here Uh, thank you for having me again i I like clockwise so yay (laughs) and florence ion thanks so much for joining us I love doing this podcast, and I love you both. (laughs) Well, we love you, too, and we love all of you listeners out there, which is why we'll be back next week. But until then, we remind you, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody.